Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Music. Music. Horror. Horror. Subculture. And overall bad Welcome, welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio with your hosts Dave and Sean. Under pressure. Hello. Hey. How's it going? I am recording right now just to check levels. And okay. Hey, check. <clears throat> Checking it Hi. out. Hi. Hmm. That's good. Not check, bad. Check, check. Hey. I mean, we can kind of turn this, too, if we want. Yeah. When we talk. Way, exactly. Or we can hold it, too. Yeah, sort of yeah. like when you're pressing yeah, pedals during a show. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, we, uh, one got ruined. Long story. <laughs> Should we hold it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wait, we could do that. You that's, sound great. That's what I'm saying. If we, if we, we can hold it. Okay. Pass off. Okay. You sound good. Let's Otherwise, it's a little distance. Yeah. He always yells at me, get on the mic. Get on the fucking Play that fucking bass, John. Yeah. You know what? Do that again, because I want to check you again. Check. Hey, hey, one, two, one, two. Hey, hey, one, two, one, two, one, two. Oh, yeah. All right. That's good. That's good. Sean, where are you at? Chick. Now it's on. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm going to use that. <laughs> Folks, friends, Keep and that. fiends, Keep welcome that. to Kettle Whistle Radio. And Sean can't turn on a microphone. How it's about our that? first in-store. What do you want to call this? First time we actually have a band in the studio again. And uh, we miss it. And it's nice. But we're out of practice. And God bless them for being here. We got the spotlights. All right. Um, how, how do we even begin? Mar- Mario and Sarah. Where did you guys meet? How did this start? And why? Wait, Sean, you got to go with this. How'd you end up in Pittsburgh? Yeah, how'd you end up in Pittsburgh? <laughs> I'm sure you get asked that a lot, and I think you said that, but that, that's a curiosity. I'll I let Sarah start it off. No. Um, well, we met in San Diego um, in 2007. Mario was recording my band at the time at his studio, and we became really good friends. And after about two years, we started dating, and we moved to New York together. We were there for about six years, and uh, we're just getting eaten alive financially, living there, um, yeah. and mentally. And mentally. Oh, I, mean, I totally it's, understand that. Yeah, yeah. It's a very stressful city, um, mm-hmm. and just 
touring around, we really loved Pittsburgh. We loved the energy. Everyone here was really laid back. Yeah. Um, it's really mellow here. The cost of living, obviously, um, is, you know, a factor for us being artists. And um, I'm a huge Romero fan. And <laughs> when we came here with the Melvins, it was our first time ever in Pittsburgh. And mm -hmm. I was very adamant that if we did not go to the Evan Williams Cemetery, Evan, uh, Evan City. City. Sorry, we're drinking whiskey. This happens. I like um, Evan Williams. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and my, my migraine, that helps a lot, too. Um, Evan City Cemetery, I was very adamant that if we didn't go there, everybody was going to die. So yeah. um, for years, I was saying that we have to go to that cemetery because Night of the Living Dead is... No, wait, did, you, did you take the Melvins to Evans? No, Ooh. that would have been imagine? fun. Yeah. We didn't, yeah. They've probably been there. They said, they, they said they'd already been there or something, yeah. I think. I believe yeah. that, yes, yes. And I mean, on tour, you're kind of on your own path, so it's hard to connect and do stuff like that. Yeah. Well, you know. About the Warhol Museum. Every time we talked about Pittsburgh, it'd be oh, like, really? Andy Warhol Museum. Yeah. Oh. I was just yeah. there, yeah. They did update it. It's kind of cool. Like really? I've never they change I've it never up all the time. They freshen it up, so yeah, yeah. I can see where he, a guy like him would not get bored. I worked there a, a bunch doing. I yeah. worked for uh, well, I worked for the Carnegie Museum people doing like AV stuff, and I worked at the Science Center primarily, but then would do like events at the Warhol Museum. But I never actually got to tour the whole building. It was mm. mostly just the downstairs and like the second floor. Interesting. So you're more so. deep rooted in Pittsburgh than I thought. Really? I guess so. I guess <laughs> two yes, years so. deep. Two wait. Almost three years now. Yeah. But what what you said, Sarah? Like I'm in Pittsburgh for basically well, kind of the same reason. Uh, you know, met my wife, but it's cheaper and it's less stressful. And yeah, people when they when you go to a club, it's more intimate. And I'm sure that's what you guys have found playing. Or um, yes and no. I mean, not to knock New York on that either, oh, I because mean, I, yeah, I like yeah. St. Vitus in New York is a place where it's like it's a 250 cap room maybe, and you'll see whoever play there you know what i mean ranging from anthrax to like mm. tiny bands but it's uh it's just a different scene overall you know like it doesn't cost 60 dollars to get there in ubers or like two and a half hours on a train there and back to to go to a show things are just easier That's you know and pittsburgh's beautiful two, like i don't know two hours on on a train <clears throat> oh yeah. my god yeah the liwr Give me a break. Yeah, or if you drive uh, five miles, that could be two hours, too. <laughs> Ron Konkuma. Ring a bell? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, but now, so how do you compare clubs like from, well, New York to here? Uh, help me out here. Um, I mean, it's different. Harder to Not, pull a crowd or no? Uh, Yeah, but only so much because there's just less people. Right. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of venues. I think... Pittsburgh's only downfall in the music scene is that there's too many venues for not enough people. I like so that. So there's like, and maybe not so much now after COVID, but I, I don't think we lost that many other than like the Rex, really. Yeah, the Rex. Oh, that was which a is a huge favorite one. Favorite joint. Yeah, I'm that was. Sure, I heard they got. I heard they got bought. They got bought though. Yeah, yeah. They, something else will pop up there. I'm yeah. sure. That was a good place to go see shows. But before this, like we, you know, working at, I was working at Cativo doing sound there, and Amazing. like it just seemed like there was always too many. To, not enough, not even enough bands really to fill the show to fill the venues. So you have a lot of like DJ nights. You have a lot of dance nights at these places that are yes. happening that yep. should be 
you know, bands playing there or whatever. Um, Agreed. So that, the, I think if there was less less venues and just more concentration on putting on the right shows. I you think know. Smiling Moose was your venue. I don't. I, I would love to have seen you play the Smiling Moose. Yeah. <laughs> no, we never. That? I worked there one one day, but I, we never it's, actually. It's. it's fun. I love the bar, but I don't want to load up and down those stairs. Ah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have witnessed that. They're yeah. breakers. That's I have, rough. I have a massive cabinet that yeah. is bigger than me, so I don't. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. Let's talk about that cabinet. We've seen that and the massive amounts of pedals. Oh yeah, that you guys are composers. You're not just players. I can't Thank believe you. what you guys <laughs> have, and you know how to. What there's like 24 pedals between the two of you. Yeah, I mean these days Sarah has more than I do, just because I kind of I I went to basically a a modeler that has thousands of options, but like it's all in one big pedal. Uh, I used to have the pedal board with like you know 16 different pedals on there, but Sarah's definitely. The uh, distortion pedal champion. Fuzz. <laughs> yeah, I think I have 14 pedals and nine of them are fuzz and overdrive. <laughs> and do you, yeah. have a, do you have a favorite go-to fuzz? Mm. Um, I have a couple. Uh, it's kind of like the front first row. It's um, the Earthquaker Westwood, the Boss bass overdrive, the yeah. yellow, you know, the, the super fit popular one, um, the Swollen Pickle. By Way Huge, um, and the Monarch by Earthquaker, which is yeah. discontinued. I found it used in a really tiny music shop in Virginia. So, oh, wow. and when that thing dies, I'm gonna be really upset. <laughs> so, so you guys are also collectors of uh, vintage uh, gear. Not really. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say we're collectors. We're collectors of stuff that we like, that we think sounds good, whether it's new, old sort of new really old like as long as it sounds good i've never been much of a of a gear like a snob i guess neither of us really are it's more just can we make it work and if it sounds right for you the brand or the cost or the year doesn't really matter at all you know? from what i've seen like yeah. you guys are natural composers um do you look at yourself as musicians or composers or both because, I mean, there's some genius going on there that I, I'm pretty sure... That's all Mario. Sean, Sean, Sean found you guys. I came in late. But there's some genius going on. Like, stuff... And you said it too, Sean. We were missing this. Yeah, I think that um, there was a... There was a... For me, you know, I was kind of searching for this kind of music, honestly. Okay. And, you know, you'd, you'd find bands like uh, Isis, where they're doing, they're doing the build-up and the break really great and the vocals the heavy vocals and uh, but i was always searching for that band that always had sort of that light touch in the vocals right and the first yeah. band i kind of came across was uh palms that the mm. isis guys mm -hmm. with chino from Deftones. yep, yep. and then you guys a and to me honestly you guys are like the masters of whatever this genre is. Yeah. Is, you know. <laughs> totally agree. Well, apparently we're shoegaze, um, <laughs> which I, that You're, is. You just stare at your pedals. Complete horse shit, but, you know. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. As long as, you know, you enjoy listening, you can call it whatever you want. I mean, it's it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't call it shoegaze. Yeah. And, and I Thank think you. that's even a derogatory term that most shoegaze know, bands, know. like, know. you know. I, th I think I, I saw an interview with uh, Tony and Dean from uh, Curve, and I'm a big Curve fan. Okay. And uh, they were talking about shoegaze and 
about that you know it's more like a dero- like I said a derogatory term right, right. none of them oh. none of them uh, really really identified with <laughs> so <laughs> yeah a, well I mean it, I, it, probably for them back then it was just something that people started calling those bands and they were like what the fuck are you talking about we you know yeah now it's like it became literally a genre but it's like the widest genre ever i mean i feel like heavy music in general has become pretty wide to where like you know if you have a keyboard all of a sudden you're a shoegaze band or <laughs> I, I don't know but first thanks for saying all that stuff because uh, that's yeah. huge we, uh, we were yeah. starved for this kind like, of that means that means everything to us to hear that yeah. you know well, I mean I get it if if you don't really know if you if you don't really know the, us as a band and you haven't really put time into listening to the music yeah you know there's dreamy aspects that could sound similar to something like My Bloody Valentine or yeah whatever the kind of like airy vocals or you know kind of spacey keyboards and guitars wall of sound type stuff but um but there's a lot more riffing going on and a lot, oh, yeah, you absolutely. know, I think. So I, and I mean, I do that to bands myself. If I be scanning through something on Spotify or whatever and I hear it and I'm like, oh, it's just another doom band or another, which yeah. happens like all the time because there's <laughs> so many of those. There are so many of those. <laughs> so, but there are stoner bands, you know. Right. Well, that's my point. Yeah. And so it's easy, it, it's easy to be lazy and kind of just scan it and write it off as this is that. And so I understand how people might do that to us sometimes. Yeah. But if you put time into it, it's it's not really that. Put time into you know. it. You guys are not easy. Um, like I was <laughs> I was saying earlier, like some people like your life is a book. For you, it's like every page is a new book. And we were like our, listening to music. Like my God, you guys have so much going on in every song. Thanks. Like it's just layered so much. But you guys don't layer tracks. You just play. And yeah. It's thick. Yeah, there's thick. not a lot of like if yeah. you break thick. if you break down our recording sessions, there's not a lot a ton of like overdubbing or anything like that. No. It's really literally just like a doubled guitar, the bass, you know, some sort of synth pad from time to time and then the vocals, but there's not a lot of you know, every once in a while I'll overdub like a lead and keep one of the rhythms in there, but even that I try you know. When when you guys play live, um how is it hard to incorporate um the uh, maybe the pre-recorded aspects like the synth aspects into the live set or is that is it easy to play along to that sort of stuff or wh- um, what do you find difficult about that it's easy now it took you know it took a lot of just trial and error when we first started doing it sarah and i started the band just us two and i was playing drums she was playing bass and then we were <clears throat> running all like backing tracks for like our first few songs that we had written yeah um and it was just a matter of like trying different shit, you know, trying trying it with Pro Tools, and it's it was really hard to do with Pro Tools because it just didn't work. Ableton is made for kind of the live thing of like Before. triggering new, you know, our live uh, samples and stuff, and that worked out much better. And then just learning how to use like MIDI controllers to trigger things, um, you know. Then when we got a drummer, then incorporating a click track so he could play to a click. Mm-hmm. and match up all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and you control it all. Yeah, and, and then learning how to control it all. So I, I control it all, so it's not like broken up into different pieces where we have to sync multiple things up. It's just yeah. all running off of one 
So there's not a lot of noodling area at your live show. When right. You have to go mess with the drum machine or yeah, no. You know. And you know Mario having the helix, everything is chopped up. So even if we do get off, he can just turn it off. Yeah. And we can keep going. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's nice having that control over you know the synths instead of letting them control us. You know we don't play to them. They're just another piece. And all our yeah. All our new stuff, so like everything from We're All Atomic, which was like our last EP, mm-hmm. when we play that live, we don't use any click or any samples now. So, huh. and that wasn't really on purpose; it just kind of happened that way. There are samples in the rec- there are like synths in the recording, but um, when we started playing it live, I just we all like loop. I'd rather like loop pads. I don't know; it just made more sense to play those songs like that. So, yeah, it comes and goes. A lot of the, our other songs don't have click tracks or some spots don't have a click track or, you know, it's just trial and error. Just try it until it works. Do you think <laughs> when you guys, uh, when you, when, once you started uh, with the live drums in the set, when there was a three-piece then, right? Um, how did that change the band? Was there a different, dy- obviously there had to have been a different dynamic in the live set. Yeah, and I mean, we were, we had still just started. Like, we played two shows, three shows as our, as like a two-piece, really, mm-hmm. um, back then with me on drums. And then... On drums? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And then it was a matter of finding the drummer, the right drummer. So we went through a few drummers until Chris. we landed on Chris. Enrique. So, yeah, Chris Enriquez. And is he local here too with you? No, no. he's in New York still. Oh, yeah. is he? I thought he was LA. Okay. I didn't no, know. I, I was yeah. wondering about that. I mean, he, yeah. He's a monster. He might as well be. <laughs> he's a monster, right? But he's a monster on the so drums. Oh, he is. Yeah. He's amazing. Is he Is he just your live drummer? Do you consider him your live so drummer? So he... it started out as, as that. Um, you know, I had played on all the records up until Love and Decay. And, uh, and I played on We're All Atomic also, but mostly just because he wasn't around to. But, um, it's yeah. It was basically he was filling in to play some live shows. Yeah. It worked out really well. You know, he be it just ended up being the perfect match personally, you know, personality wise and playing wise. Um, and then when we did Love and Decay, uh, I had kind of like demoed out drum parts, just programmed drum parts for him to play. But then we he came in the studio or in the practice room and recorded everything himself. Um, hmm. You know adjusting some stuff here and there so he's way more than a live drummer now he's definitely our our drummer I was gonna say, you know. like yeah. that it seems complicated because you guys have it all figured out how do you get a third person in and, and he just says sure it has to be the right the right person and that's the that was the hardest part is finding somebody who can say sure yeah first first say sure you know be agreeable to like play somebody else's parts even you know yeah um and play them well and play them like with a hundred percent of all the effort and you know and i mean i think that's because we all we're all mature enough to like be real human beings together and be friends and be honest with each other it shows it's about the music it's not about us individually you know it's for me it's not about how many notes i can play it's how good does this sound for the song we're performing it has to complement absolutely and that's you know mario and i have that really good push and pull on each other live right. with guitar and bass. We know when to back up and we know when to step in and it yeah. just naturally happens. And Chris and I are both, you know, 
just like, okay, we'll try whatever Mario, you know, he does the songwriting. And I think that's key. If you have m- multiple songwriters, mm-hmm. I think that's where you run into a lot of problems. Because people get upset and they're like, well, I want to play my idea. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, but you have to listen to like the song you're making. Right. And it has to make sense. So we're really good at taking an idea Evan, and then Evan, working off of Evan it. Evan flow between each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we've yeah. met the ones that can't. Um, yeah. But you guys, like you say it, I saw. I can't remember which interview, but where you say where you give and take, and you know when to do it, yep. when he should back off on a pedal and you hit the new one, yeah. the right one, yep. dude. That is your sound. It's funny because it's fucking crazy. I get a lot of messages from people asking, like, "How do you get your guitars to sound that big?" Or "How do you get you know?" And Sick. I'm like, "I I don't. It's actually all bass. If you mute the bass in our recording sessions, the whole song disappears." I was so gonna, I was going to ask this. People, you know, what what do you find to be the heart of the band? Is it is it the bass, the timing, the guitars? Wh- where where do you start with a song? Rhythm, yeah, rhythm yeah. and tone. So all right, I like to. Hear it that. builds from that. It, you know, I always as a as a songwriter, I tend to think more rhythmically to start. Nice. Then it's tonally. So like, again, that's why Sarah makes more than half this band you know it's not just a third because like, like godzilla oh my it is <laughs> it seriously is we were trying is, to like... find a way to quote godzilla and her and we didn't know how to do it, it it's a that, that's like, how you do bow, it jeez are you kidding me like i shelf off my guitars i don't know if, if like to get nerdy but like i shelf off with a with a filter pretty much all the low end like to the point where it's like sometimes like 200 hertz and up is where my guitar is and the rest is all yeah. bass and that's why we're. That's why it sounds big because it's not fighting. There's not a bunch of extra guitar, yeah. low end and low mid fighting that. Were you Were you guys fans of the band uh, Caius? Do you, oh, do you know that band? Shit. Yeah, I was never a huge fan. I don't really know enough to yeah. to be. I I know that Josh Homme he um mm. he he did, ran all his guitars through a bass amp. Okay. And that's that's how they got their, their tone. That makes sense. For yeah. Big I, I wasn't sure if you ever tried anything like that. Um, or, for a while, I played uh, through a 212 cabinet in addition to my 810 <clears throat> to help me control, you know, the mids on bass. But now I play through a, a, a Helix Stomp, which is my second amp, yeah. which is basically doing the same thing. It's more like the high range. So I kind of went opposite as a bass player because right. when you're using that many effects... Um, you have to be able to control the low end and the high end. Otherwise, it's just going to get really muddy. Be your own yeah. John Cage. <laughs> yeah, I did. I had like a solo thing that I was doing when we first moved to New York, and I was playing through two guitar amps and a bass amp. Um, and I mean, yeah, if if that was just me, literally one guitar, kind of mm-hmm. like I would loop different sections and play them through different amps. But like, yeah, I've never found the need to to really need more low end and I mean, in something like Caius's case, I, I bet it was more for the the mid range that he was getting out of the bass amp, not so much the bass side mm-hmm. of it, you know. Because mm-hmm. yeah. um, I know that he's big on that too, like just tons of mid range for guitars. That that's why you get that like big fat kind of yeah. guitar sound. Thick guitar. Yeah. Um, let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's play a song. <laughs> I did confess that you guys are the second coming with a certain song. But if you want something else, we'll play it. Uh, but learn to breathe. Jesus Christ. Like, Thanks, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you know when you made it what you made? No, I thought it would be really boring, actually, oh when God. I when I wrote it. I did, like, I remember sitting on the bed 
and like writing that riff and being like, okay, like that's Simple. that's gonna be catchy for sure. Simple, but and no, it, it's how you carry it on. Yeah, and then the middle, the middle of the song, and then the end. Right. Fucking jamming. I did worry at for like at times when I was like, is it just too much of the no. the same thing? But I don't. It felt good like that. You can so, never have yeah. too much of a good thing. That's right. Yeah. So we're gonna play that right now, and we'll get get right back with Mario and Sarah Quintero of Spotlights. Thank you for listening, folks, friends, and themes.
Hi, this is Martin Atkins from Public Image Limited, Killing Joke, Ministry, Nine Inch Nails, Pig Face and the Damage Manual and Murder Inc. and Brian Brain. And you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. Folks, friends and fiends here with Sarah and Mario Quintero. Is it bad that I said Sarah first? No. <laughs> you should always say my name first. From yeah. Spotlight. I love this band, and uh, so does my co-host, Sean. Captain Sexy is in the house. It's been a long why. time. I don't know why you call me that <laughs> still Captain to this Sexy. day. There's, a, there's, there's an actual story you can go back and listen to why I call you Captain Sexy. But uh, What's all... the episode number? Oh, man. Oh. But, I, but I, don't know the, I don't know the story. Oh, I guess. I, I'll reiterate. <laughs> you don't even know. I'll reiterate it. No problem. But all the best conversations happen off the air, like we always say, Sean. Sure. Yeah. They you, do. Yeah, you started something <laughs> they, just now. Well, they do. Some, you know, sometimes you you get with a band and you're going to ask them questions, and you don't know if this is something you can record or you know, and, <laughs> you know or not, or we can and, edit later. You know, you just yeah. you just kind of get into a normal conversation with people, and I, you know, I just that that's the way I. No, but you had a good question. You had a good question though. Uh, like, yeah, we want to sit in during a recording, and you said it's really not worth our while. We should sit in before a show. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna take you up on that if yeah. that's okay. Definitely, a yeah. warm-up session. I've been through a few of those, and they can be hateful. Or they can be incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are you guys? You guys get along? You yell at each other? <laughs> no, we don't. It, I don't think we've ever yelled at each other. No. Um, it just flows. Yeah, I mean, and, and if it's rough, it's not usually anybody's fault. It's just, it's one of those venues or one of those days or whatever. You know what I mean? Shit happens, yeah. and we just got to get through it. So. Right. Um. It's almost back to the music writing thing. It's not about any one of us in particular. It's about the the whole thing altogether. So, indeed. So for me, there's kind of an elephant in the room that we haven't there talked we about. Go. Yet. <laughs> and um, I'm curious if you could connect the dots for us. I'm sure you've done this a million times, but connect the goddamn dots. <laughs> no. I, I, I want, how how did you get <clears throat> to the attention of Mike Patton and oh. Greg Workman and Ipecac and yeah. end up on that label? Um, well, basically we, we were going to record Seismic, our second album. Um, we had demoed it all out. We were, we already knew we were going to record with Aaron Harris, um, the ex-drummer of ISIS. And, uh, we were, we had done a record with him for our old band, Sleep Lady. He mixed our last record for that band in like 2008, nine, I don't know, something like that. Um, and we became friends through that, and he's awesome. He's just fun to be around and right. funny dude and and re- a great engineer. And, you know, um, we trusted him just to make it fun, number one, and make it sound great, number two. Right. Um, and we figured it would be cool to just get out of the... We were living in New York at the time, mm-hmm. and we figured it'd be good to just get out of New York and go to an actual studio, which we hadn't done in a long time since I had a studio, Um you know, and just do a real recording. And we had that all planned out, sort of, not the whole, not where we were going to go or when we were going to do it, but um, we started sending out those demos to labels to see if maybe we could get somebody to pick up the record. And Ipecac, Greg was interested. So Aaron and Greg know each other from ISIS because Ipecac has worked with them a lot. And, um, Aaron told him, he's like, I'm, you know, we're making this record and what do you think? And Greg was into it, but he was like, I don't think Mike's 
kind of dig this. So they have a Yeah, they have a they have a pack basically where like both of them have to be 100% in or they don't do they don't put the record out. Yep. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Yep. Cuz Ipecac is literally yeah. Greg and then Mark Shapiro who is lives in New York and he's he basically does everything for the label on the marketing side, on the production side, um everything. Uh and so and that's the label. Yeah. Mike is more just kind of like the sign off guy. It's yeah. you know um, it was, it's you know it started, at, you know, as an outlet for his music because, right. you know, Greg's his manager and they were both sick of dealing with industry bullshit. I'm pretty mm. sure, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have to. I think it's cool they both have to agree, yeah. even if one of them really likes it and one of them doesn't, then they can't put it out. It's yeah, to cool. the point where yeah. I think Greg has started a separate label to put out records that he really, really likes, just yeah. because he's gonna. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna do it, um, but yeah. So so that happened. We were actually in L.A. Uh, hanging out with Aaron the night that Greg wrote him back, and we were like, "Holy shit!" But we were all like, "This isn't gonna happen." Mike Patton. I don't think. I just can't see him like putting this on and being like, "Okay, yeah, let's put it out." All four of us were just like, "You're killing me right now." And You're killing are you guys, me. Are you guys Mike Patton fans? Yes. Yeah. And so we we were at Nam. We were at the hotel getting ready to go to Nam that morning, and literally like the day after, Greg wrote Aaron being like, "Mike likes it, let's do it." Holy shit! And then that was it. And then since then, we've been. What we've was been that like it. to to know that Mike Patton <clears throat> heard you? <laughs> I I still can't wrap my head around it or understand it, but I'm very yeah. honored buy it you know right no um, we're huge bungle fans okay too, yeah. it, right and we, yeah. we saw we saw the video and in the background you guys have a poster of bungle in the background yeah but yeah. like did you, that was from a show that we played with them oh my god so you actually like did you meet more than one bungle <laughs> yeah 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 we hung out with mike and and um trevor oh, wow. the other guys were kind of like you know hanging back um but yeah, everybody was super rad, and it was just you know to see Dave Lombardo, oh my god, and um, oh, Scotty Ian oh, play with Mr. Bungle, and I mean Trey Sprunus is one of my favorite guitar players. Thank you. Like, thank you so much. He is just so unbelievable. I'm a huge Secret Chiefs three fan, also. Um, but to see all of those guys on a stage together was just. Yeah. I, I do ha- I own Stupid. the CD, the new uh, Bungle CD with nice. the rabbit yeah. little bunny on the cover. But I, I like I really like their original drummer Dan, who I did meet when I was like seventeen at a Mr. Bungle show. And, Whoa, really? Um, he or maybe I was eighteen. He was super rad, super yeah. rad dude. But you know, like time passes and stuff happens. I saw so. them play with. Uh, so Dave Lombardo fills in. The first, <laughs> the first incarnation of the Dillinger Escape Plan. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that was a great show. Yeah, I, I saw Patton with Dillinger too yeah. in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Bungle in '95, and that was the only time I got to see them until we played with them, which yeah. was fucking crazy. <laughs> I have a very personal musical question here because th- this band just eludes me to this day and I love everything they do and you guys, well you in particular Sarah, talk about Future on the Left. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we saw them in San Diego at the Casbah. Um, I don't even know when that was like 2009. Probably. Come something. on, Rick. And uh, <laughs> um, their bass player was playing with a way huge swollen pickle and I yeah. was just like, holy shit, what is that pedal? I have to have it. And he like showed it to me. And Damn. 
you know, like I think I went out the next day and bought one and it's been on my pedal board ever yeah. since. They're amazing. Yeah. Did they like They imp- were unbelievable. They're so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They could have yeah. been the next Nirvana. I'm just saying that. I know I yeah. don't know where you guys stand with that, but they could have been. And I think they're are they they still around? I think they're still a band. Yeah, I think they still exist. Uh, I haven't really heard much. Like the sleep, you know, the sleep down in Texas, like they kind of disappear and come back, resurge. Right. Very yeah. uh, doom rock, not metal. You, you, you know the sleep. sleep. Oh, am I the sleep only one the that band? knows? Sleep? Yeah. Yeah. Sleep. yeah. Sleep. Yeah. Sleep. I said the sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they're like a, they're like sort of like a stoner rock. Mm-hmm. It's like going another, yeah. another probably terrible term that people don't going like. to they'll, yeah. make, they'll McDonald's. You know, I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> Go sleep. Go sleep. Oh my God! I was gonna say you you guys are gonna be going on tour in December, right? With uh, Shiner. Yes, right? that's right. So so uh, we interviewed another band, Godzillionaire. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Thank you, Paul Malinowski. Uh, yeah. From from Shiner, Shiner produced mm-hmm. their album. Oh nice! nice. Another uh, sound engineer. And yep. um, how how did you guys get hooked up with them for a tour? And you know, do you know them well? Or so we've I mean we've gotten to know them oh, like over the past five six years or so we um i mean sarah and i have been huge shiner fans for years and years decades at this point great band Um, great band and like you know we've both gone to shows shiner shows forever uh played with my old band played with the life and times a few times in san diego and met al through that Mm -hmm. which is life and times is alan epley's other band um and yeah just kind of like you know, after seeing each other so many times, you start to kind of recognize each other and, and build a little bit of a friendship. Um, when Spotlight started in New York, our first kind of like real show at St. Vitus was opening for Shiner. Mm-hmm. And that was 2016, yeah. right? Nice. Jan- uh, January. December, or January? January 2016. And um, yeah, so we hung out with those guys there and it just kind of you know just kind of clicked and we we hung out the whole night and had a blast at the show um and then we ended up touring with the life and times for two weeks or so oh hey hey sean's jamming out all of a sudden i was like i hear feedback you're a little out of practice there son captain sexy's back he has his own music now that was kind of like the wrap it up box that was he was like all right this story has gone on too long but anyways so we we toured life and times made you know just got along really well with al and you know for us it's 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 an honor to to tour with shiner and like the fact that they're into it is awesome and i wish it could be longer but you know none of us really know what's going to happen still so like we're kind of just treading the water doing a week of shows here and there to see how things go before we take off on anything big. We're going to play something else right now, because apparently Sean wants to listen to his phone. So. <laughs> I'm going to listen to Spotlight. He is playing Spotlights on his phone, so hey, exactly. right, I'll right. let it slide. What's the next, what's the next tune? Uh, well, for... for uh, so many. You guys have too many. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you realize how thick it is? I it's do. Ridiculous. That's why I'm not like rushing you, to make a... You guys a, pick. Let's play another, something from the, from oh, the new album. Um, Ooh. From the most recent? From Atomic. Yeah. <clears throat> that or, or Love and Decay. We'd like to have you guys pick oh, yeah, it. Love and Decay. Yeah. You pick. Why? I don't know. <laughs> well, hey, wait. What's, your, so what's your married. favorite song to play live? <laughs> Ooh. Let's play that. 
Hmm? Probably until the bleeding stops or the age of decay. Those two are... I really like playing Uh, those. Should we keep them guessing? (laughs) (laughs) Um... Oh, God, it's uh, it's tough. I'll I'll go with until the bleeding stops. Sure. I like that. Yeah. All right, we'll go with that. And uh, go heavy. we should plug before we end the show. We're gonna be be back in a little bit here, folks. But uh, where do we find all your music? Where do you f- all your videos, your merch? Which, by the way, is sold out all the time. <laughs> That's a good sign. That's not because people buy it. It's just because we don't have money to make more. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We make. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that. Well, really, we we because I know we get messages about like making more merch, but it's like it's it's tough to just make merch when you're not touring, yeah. right? Because uh, yeah. you know it takes money to do that up front, um, and it, you know, I'm as grateful I am to the fans that we do have. We don't have that many, so. You have to make like. I don't know about that. I mean, I well, it's to to sell all our merch and, and make it break even, right? And, you know, yeah. totally so but but on tour, on tour it makes sense. So before we go on tour, we make a bunch of merch. We try and sell as much as possible, and we come home. Uh, we'll have some leftover, and that's what goes on the store or whatever. Totally. As an independent but, artist, I'm on a print-and-go basis. So yeah, people put an order you know, in, it gets printed, and it goes. Exactly. I don't. If I keep stock, it sits around till the next convention or show. So right. I totally understand where you're coming yep. from. Yep. But I still want damn T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're making more. some. Yeah, we're yeah, making some. some. Yeah. And vinyl. <clears throat> All right. We're going to come back with... Sarah, and, oh, I keep saying Sarah first. Keep saying it first. That's how. That's Sarah Marion Quintero of Spotlights, <laughs> and that's how it's going to be, folks. Until Chris shows up, I'll announce. You'll still say show. Sarah first. Probably, yeah. probably, probably. Well, yeah. she's sitting right there. I mean, <laughs> all right. She's the boss. We love you.
I'm Heather Taddy, and you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new Truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www. .fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Sit back and bask in the wackiness of Boku Askew TV. A YouTube channel featuring sock puppets, irreverent comedy, bizarro imagery, and oddball silliness aplenty. To watch now, visit youtube.com slash TV. So we're back, and Sean is terrifying right. my guests right, right like now. Those moments. I should say he's terrifying our guests right now. What if, <laughs> what if that kid grows up to be like the next Hitler, though? Oh God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I, would feel, I would feel fucking terrible. <laughs> All right, folks. Hey, the best conversations happen off the air. Oh, oh, man. I don't know where to begin with this one. I walked in on it. Jesus Christ. Let's just say I, I almost dead babies had a... Sean saved a child yeah. today. Oh, today? I, I yeah. almost had a gauge moment. How do you not Pet tell cemetery. me that today? Yeah. Oh, my God. We Save the best the for the podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> I don't know where to come back from that. Um, but lately, I've been interviewing a lot of uh, duos um, that are couples in recent right. years. And um, just curious, like, uh, do you guys, like, is it harder to deal with each other musically um, creating a song? Or is it easier? Um, it's It's definitely not harder. Well, you know... I guess the creating side is is works for us because of how we do it, you know, like I usually do like the actual kind of like bulk of the songwriting and right. then we work together to make that song what it what it's going to be. Well, there's um, a part 2 to this. Like how did you guys decide like who sings sometimes and sometimes not? Well, 
Because Mario has a better voice than I do. <laughs> I don't know. I, li- I it's like true. Vocals. It's true. I like both Uh-oh. So I mean, I think I, I think it's more just how the song is written. Um, usually, if usually it's me kind of deciding that just because I'll I'll be writing the song and and what I'm hearing in my head would be Sarah singing on this part or both of us singing on this section or you know screaming in this part whatever. There, there's not really of like who you know who's going to be the the singer of this part like it doesn't matter to me i don't think of vocals as like you're like the star of the of the show it's more just another layer to tell to make the story of the song come across you know if you could do us a favor because we've done our research and it's kind of hard to define your discography sure (laughs) like um we go back to what uh what uh demonstrative titles and then two track single that you found spiders Oh yeah, spiders. Yeah. Um, but like, what is like? Can you go through the history real quick for people that are just discovering you? Sure. So we started with demonstration, which was well, our very first song is on Bandcamp. Right. But you can keep it. Oh, I love Bandcamp. Yeah, I'll go back. So the very first song we wrote together was uh, oh five. What is it? Five eight nine. Five eight nine. You just got oh, yourself 08. in a lot of trouble. No. Oh nine. No. <laughs> I That's have like a tattooed I have a tattooed on my chest even and I can't remember. That's like forgetting her birthday, dude. <laughs> but so we wrote that song together in the studio just kind of like just to see what would happen cuz we had talked about starting a project for a long time back then in San Diego and uh and that was just what came out. There was no like we weren't trying to do anything, you know. So that's song number 1. That was our first attempt at making music together and that's on Bandcamp. Then when we were in New York, we started we kind of really started the band and wrote demonstration which is like a five song ep yep. or something like that yeah i haven't looked at that one in a long time thank you for that <laughs> that was all sarah and i like that's when i was playing drums etc um then spider no titles after that oh that's so great. and that was kind of what i consider like what we consider our first real release i oh. guess um, it's phenomenal like yeah, just phenomenal yes <laughs> thank you and then after that is seismic which was our first record on ipecac um then we did a remix album with uh songs from seismic right yeah yeah and then um so it was you aaron harris and jesse right and chris uh chris from methodic right so we did that remix ep and then that was kind of just a follow up to to a uh, seismic, and then love and decay was after that, and then we're all atomic has this was our last one, and then we have a bunch of covers on Bandcamp as well that we've done. Ooh. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, oh, like, well, <coughs> I missed covers. that. Um, well, there, it was all during like when we first got quarantined. Uh, basically, okay. we we did a Radiohead cover. There's a Pixies cover. There's a, an Arcade Fire cover. There is a Shutter to Think cover. Oh, wow. Um, we have a couple other covers on... Your new favorite fan. On other stuff. Your yeah. best fan is sitting right <laughs> anyway. in front of you right now. I'm just saying. Yeah, we, <laughs> Spiders, we covered She Spider by Mew. Oh, right. uh, they're a really amazing band from Copenhagen, if you've never yeah. dug into their stuff. Most of like our pretty things come from their inspiration. Yeah. Um, and then we covered The Cure Faith. Oh. On the Hanging by Faith vi- remix vinyl. Yeah. So this this is probably a good point to ask this question then. Um, 
No, are you are you a fan of the type of music that you make, or what kind of music inspires you to yeah. create, or or to be the artist that you are? I think because we have so many. Yeah, you know. I mean, to to answer like the first part of the question, I think we're probably our biggest fans because like we try to make yeah. we try to make High what five. we want what we would want to hear. So like, yeah. that's really the goal is to make our favorite music. Love and it. then I figure if we like it enough, other people are going to like Some people will like it too, you know. I like it. Who knows? Well, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> then we have similar tastes. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, influence-wise, it, it varies. I don't know. We've ha- we haven't really pinpointed anything to be like, we want to sound like this band or we want to sound like this band. or You want to be your own band. That's important. Yeah, I just it's not something we really think about or try for, you know. We more try to be like, you know, I'd like, or in my head, I'm like, I want to write something that's kind of this rhythm or has a heavy part that does, has this kind of tone to it or whatever. There's no real, like, yeah, I don't know, destination that I'm shooting for. It just kind of starts and goes. It's a wall of sound. And that is my, our favorite music, my wife included and you, uh, if you have a wall <coughs> of sound and it just hits you like Deftones, yeah. uh, I'll say Isis, Godflesh, and yeah. we love Hum. Yes. Hum, is, hum was a favorite of ours. Huge. It's just this yeah. thing, just like it hits you yep. and doesn't release you, and that's what you guys yep. do. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Just Thank saying. You. I, yeah, I mean, to be lumped in with any of those bands is a huge honor, so thanks. But Hum, now, did you guys actually open for Hum or play with Hum? We did. We we played with um, Hum and Caster in St. Louis. Oh, wow. Um, 2018. Wow. Um, yeah, that was a huge honor. I grew up in Chicago, so I've known about Hum for a very long time, and I have friends that mm-hmm. are, like, extremely huge Hum fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, just what they were doing in the 90s, just way ahead of the time. I wish recording aspects were better for them, mm-hmm. because it, yeah. it could have just been so much better. But, I mean, live... Wow. Well, they, it's, they, they it's blew just up, unbelievable. Um, they blew up the Austin Festival, the, uh, I forget the name of that festival, where it was like Slayer, Them, Smashing Pumpkins. What's that called? Fun Fest, I think, or something. Oh, and they, okay. they, South they, South they, they did have, yeah, but it was, no, no, it was, no, no it was something I, else. Oh, Fun, yeah, Fun, Fun I've Fest? Been to that one too. Yeah, yeah. But like to right. hear that Hum played it within five, well, six years ago. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I, I love that band. Uh, oh, yeah. They they're incredible. Not get, what they deserve as far as i know but mm, but you guys you encompass all of that what's next what do you guys do like what do you (laughs) seriously i've seen question i've seen the pedals yeah what do you do next i mean so we're trying to write new stuff uh a little bit differently like chris flew out before our last uh before the last time we played in boston we had not really a tour but we went and played one show with junius in boston uh chris flew out a little early and spent some days just kind of sitting in the basement, kind of trying to write together for the first time, not necessarily writing, like jamming in a room and seeing what comes out and, you know, trying to figure out ideas like that, but just more like a live situation of what I do when I'm by myself writing these songs, you know? So having him there to be like, what about this? And he would try it and he'd be like, what about this? And we'd try it, you know? And I mean, I think it's going to be cool. I, I don't, it's hard to, 
it's hard to say what's next because I don't really know yet. You know, it's yeah. I have ideas in my head. I think we all have ideas of sounds that we want to hear. And I do know that I don't want it to be the same thing. Um, mm. I think that you should how, never play the same music how do you for the rest of your life. change that up? Like, do you get, like more beats or less beats, more synth? Um, what, what would you change? I, I really can't say i don't know i, I mean right, yeah right. we'll, we'll wait we'll wait we'll wait yeah i'm, I'm curious well, like we the music dictates us really we don't dictate the music so we don't know until it's going you know yeah. what i mean we don't have a preconceived notion of what's going to happen right. we perfect we roll with what's happening you know you can't determine your your mood and your emotion and your feeling you know and if you try to i think that's when you end up with forced yeah you know, music. Uh, I, I got nothing after that. Jesus I know it's like, as an engineer, I don't want to make another record that sounds like a heavy rock band in a room. You know, like, I think we have the space to get a little weird at this point, and, and I want it to be more of like a a record. like a, Not that we haven't done that already, but like, just something a little more expansive and, and dynamic. Well, Marriott, like, how did you find your confidence as a vocalist? Like, did you just grab the mic I still and haven't. go? <laughs> yeah, he still hasn't. That might, be part, that might be part of the process, actually. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I hate singing, but I love it at the same time. It's it's really hard because I, you know, I, I like doing it in the studio. I hate doing it live because I can't do what I want to do live. You know, I can't put it across the same in my head to me. Um but yeah, the con I don't really have the confidence. <laughs> it just takes a lot of trying. So you pass it off to Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> do you, right, do yeah. you guys have like a pre-show ritual? Oh, you thank live? you. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean we have pre-show reoccurrences, like <laughs> uh, Chris being in the women's room the whole time I'm trying to get ready, <laughs> taking, his shit. taking his shit on me, so I have to <laughs> constantly yell at him and kick him out. <laughs> But oh, for me, it's, you know, he's gonna love this. trying to feed Courtesy everybody fashion. and put makeup on and set up merch. And uh, yeah, we, don't, we don't really have like a like a ritual where we like sit around and like tell each other we love each other or anything. But um, we usually I, I, the ritual, if we have time, is like, let's go eat before the set. You know, that makes sense. Uh, that's usually it. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. I, just stepping back a minute, you guys talked a little bit earlier about your uh, remix album you did. How do you choose an artist, or are you not even part of the process? Is it is it is it the label that choose the artist that will remix a track for you, or I think do you have any input? In we that? chose. Yeah, it was, it, with that it was all up to us. Yeah. Um, so we chose Aaron did one because he again was like our engineer on the whole thing, and yeah. and he does a lot of soundtrack work and and stuff like that. And so him and his friend Chris. Dirks, uh, who is was his partner at the time at, at a company called Methodic Doubt, they do they did like trailer work for movies and stuff like that. They're both incredible at doing that. So it was like a, I think Chris even did a remix just on his own to like for us to check out, yeah. and we were like, holy and shit! And that kind of sparked the idea for it. It was called Hanging by Faith, and uh, we yeah, that kind of sparked the idea, and then. Jesse Neiman, who he has a project that he it's just him, but it's called Void Mains and it's all like crazy electronic, like, really like 
he has an insane modular synth setup and um yeah if you listen like, to his yeah, gary newman type stuff or uh weirder Weird. yeah like oh, i don't know all right. yeah, you gotta <laughs> yeah. Check it out. we're in so he uh <laughs> He did uh, "Size of the Planet," and it's it's probably my favorite on that on that album because it's just fucking it's so out there and but still like so grounded. It's probably the most similar to the song itself and the most distant from the song itself all all at once. Um, and then I think I did one, and then uh, that's it, right? Oh, and then we did a cover, right? But yeah, to answer your question, yeah, it's just it was up to us. To, I got to hear that. Cure. We just more chose people that way. Possibly, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have friends that are awesome at doing that shit. That you know, electronic side of things that I have no idea how to do. Right. And it would be, you know, it's always interesting to see who, what people do with your songs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I can't imagine. Those are your babies. Like, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, so the Green M&M Challenge uh, with Van Halen, we did that with you. You got pizza tonight, no cheese, black olives, onions, sauce. And I tried, I'm a pizza snob from New York. Apparently, you guys are too. How did that turn out for uh, Jimmy Z's pizza tonight? Uh, not too bad? I thought it was delicious. The uh, crust was amazing. Oh, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. They can do crust. I totally had to break away from that. Black olives, onions, and no cheese. Hey, my wife would love it. I got to respect that. I got to respect that. And he hit on what you do before a show. There's got to be something. There's got to be some ritual, something before a show. I mean, I guess when we're side stage about to go on, we're just like, all right, let's fucking do this. So you just like. It's about it. Yeah, it depends on the show, you know. Beat each other's chest. Sometimes we don't don't have time for a ritual and it's It's just just like like, throw it up in there and, and go, you know, if we're opening or if we're like second, you know. In a, in a bill of three bands and like you're the middle band you don't really have time to do shit you just change over you throw your shit up there and you hope that it goes well and then get off and you know do you still get nervous um not really yeah i think i so admire that i get nervous and like when we're like driving when we're almost there but then once i'm there i'm i'm good so, I don't know about nervous too. It's like an excitement, like a timing nervous thing. Excitement. Like, oh, well, we gotta get there on time. Well, you get there, you get there, everything's good. Right. But yeah. Oh, I get that part. Yeah. Interesting. Um, she may have answered my last question. You're on after this, well, maybe, Captain maybe, Sexy. Maybe my questions. You're. I don't question. think so. I, I gotta know. Are they horror movie buffs? It and is. What is their um, favorite horror movie? I am a fan. I don't consider myself a buff of anything. Uh, I am a, a huge horror movie fan. Uh, the only movie to this day and still that terrifies me is The Exorcist. Ooh, okay. Um, I snuck out of my room when I was maybe four, and my dad and his brother were watching it, and I sat on the side of the couch and watched it, and it was just fucking terrifying. That's that's a terrifying experience, Um, yeah. And I really like horror movies that leave it up to the imagination. I think if that film was done now, it would have been overdone, over CGI, too much shit moving in the room. You know what I mean? It was Absolutely, just, yes. it felt so real. Like I was like, I'm going to fucking get possessed by a demon. Right. But then the second time, probably not really. I, yeah. But then this, cause they're really vampires. Um, you don't know who's been in this room actually. Yeah. And the second time I did that, it was the evil dead Two. Ooh. Yeah. Which is more, you know, it's very gory and scary, but the 
the comedy side of it with the hand crawling around oh, yeah. attacking everybody, I was like, okay, this is all bullshit. And I was like, maybe five. Yeah. And from then, it's just been like, it just consumes me, you know? Like, I just, I love it. I'll sit through the worst of the worst just to see what happens, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm no. Not, I'm not very, I'm not overcritical of anything. Art is really hard. Making movies is hard. Making music's sure. hard. Painting's hard. Like, it's, you know, people that sit there and criticize anyone for their efforts, it's it's, it's like mean. It's bullshit. It. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You fucking get a couple million dollars together and a crew and you make mm-hmm. your own movie and you know what? You do it better. And do what you guys do. <laughs> yeah, put, exactly. you, put yourselves out there. Put your souls out there. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, my God, you guys put your souls out there and, oh, this song sucks. And you, my God, it's your lifeblood. Yeah. You know, like, that's insulting. I it's, understand that. It's you know, harsh. It is what it is. Like, and, like nothing actually sucks. It's all a matter of opinion. Right. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's art. Mario, favorite movie? Um, shit, favorite horror movie. Um, I'm not, I'm nowhere near the fan that Sarah is. But, I mean, I love horror movies. More so just because it was a huge part of me growing up. Not in the sense where, like, I followed them or knew much about them or got into like who made what or anything but i just loved like when i was probably around same age like four or five <clears throat> i have two older sisters and so they were always watching like the friday 13th um slashers halloween yeah like early yeah. you know early 80s stuff you do realize um, your your tone and your music um could make the best soundtrack for a horror, yeah. horror movie. <laughs> That's what I- it's a matter of time. I and I mean, I've always liked dark shit like that, too. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't been a fan of anything in particular, but like, you know, especially at a young age, I loved all that stuff. The Nightmare on Elm Streets, the, you know, more so than anything else. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That Miss- was actually my last question. God uh, damn it. I ruined really? it. I always ruin his <laughs> last. to have a new one. You got to make one up now on the spot. <laughs> or you guys can tell us anything we didn't touch on. I'd love to hear a story. Worst or, worst travel story. Hmm. Or, Europe, be, or Europe. best. <laughs> Favorite tour story. There you go. Worst or best. Hmm. God, it's always hard to be on the spot. With and this. it's like it's hard to remember because there's so many that it just kind of starts blending in. Yeah. We were on the road with the Melvins for three months. Yeah. And that was probably just in general the best tour because those guys have it down to a fucking science. Buzz has it so dialed in. Uh, we learned so much from them. Um, and the de- and Deftones. Like, we learned a lot from them. Being, you know, an amphitheater band, they are just so genuinely yeah. awesome. They cared about us. Their doors were always open. There was no diva bullshit. Like, their crew, them. So, to tour with those two bands... Um, the Melvins, for me personally, being one of the reasons why I play music. Nice. Um, and to have them like just show me the ropes and show us how it's done properly and that you can make a living from it um, is probably the best experience. Yeah, that was a huge lesson. Yeah. It sure. doesn't get better than um, that. And I think our worst was Europe. Our first stint <laughs> in Europe, um, we played Roburn. Did Chris use the bathroom? Chris uses every bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> we got some stories about bathrooms. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Anyways, yeah. We'll wait for Chris to be in the room for that. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, not um, my room. He's not yeah. coming here. <laughs> he ain't coming here. Um, yeah, Europe Roadburn was amazing. It's one of the best festivals I've ever been to in my life, either playing or attending. And 
the rest of it. We were literally on our own in a giant sprinter with a rented backline. Uh, we lost a lot of money. Um, we played a few amazing shows by ourselves, and we learned a lot. Yeah, I mean, I was I would say, like, the shows were, were awesome, and even the shittiest shows were awesome because there were fans there that were, you know, drove hours to see us or whatever, drove 10 minutes. Somebody was there for us, and that was huge, but... Right. It was it was kind of planned, pretty shabby, and uh, oh, driving ourselves driving by ourselves in Europe is yeah like we didn't know you know we we're and most of the tour because everything was booked pretty late around a late booking for Roadburn, you know we kind of took what we had to what we got and we ended up playing mostly like Eastern Europe, um, so we were playing like Slovakia and Romania and and places oh, like God. that they they must have loved you which there. were awesome but you know awesome. driving driving a giant sprinter through the mountains of romania like oh, god <laughs> did you is, document that uh, is a little sketchy it's um terrifying. did you film that some of, it. some of it we have we have a lot of pictures I yeah i don't think capturing it would even do it justice no, you justice can't. Of yeah but that's feeling. your home dvd yeah. that you get. Yeah. Yeah. I'm to, oh my god do you journal oh, it's, it's on tour or you take a lot of photos or we take a lot of pictures, pictures. i try to yeah Take, take Sean with you next time. Sure. But touring, journaling for, I don't necessarily journal, but I, I mentally, like whenever we're on tour is pretty much when I start writing in my head for for new stuff. Motion. Um, is it the motion of driving or moving or just? I think it's just playing. I think playing every night and seeing other bands play. And if we're on tour with somebody who we admire, like it, like it just starts to kind of push you to, it, 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 it's inspiring, you know, so not in the sense where like, I'm like, Ooh, I like what they're doing. I'm going to do that next. It's more like, I want to, I want to do something cool. I want to do yeah. something new, you know, or like, I don't know. It just gets the, gets new the juices flowing. Yeah. So like, does your, is your head, both your heads, are they exploding with inspiration all the time? You got to calm it down or like, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> really? Um, no, like for me, I, I deal with pretty bad fatigue. So Daily life for me can be kind of overwhelming sometimes. I have a lot of anxiety. Um, I I once Mario gets going and I start hearing his demos okay. is when I start exploding because if I had to songwrite, it would never get done. Yeah. Because I would just I would rework one riff probably three hundred million times and still be like ah that, I don't know if that's what I want you know yeah. so having him lay it out i like doing more production where i'm like let's do that one more time let's try this different let's you know once i have his spark then i start like start going so do one of the two of you have final say like when you get stuck on like maybe like what you just described you get Mm -hmm. you know you're writing a riff you're you're going over it and over it and you're changing it who has final say like that's this is it let's move on uh we never get to that point like I, I don't think there's been a riff with this band that we're like, that's not it. Let's just try a different note. That's not it. It's like if it takes that much work, I can come up with a different riff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll, we'll it shouldn't. It. It's yeah. Recorded and right. then we'll put it down. If yeah. it's being that difficult, you move on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have hard drives full of like ideas, you know, and I talk about this all the time. Like new stuff even new stuff now i'm digging back to stuff from like six years ago right. to kind I, of yeah. get new ideas because i believe that yeah yeah you know i don't know especially when we first moved to new york i kind of had like an explosion of 
music just come out of me and i i had a little setup and i was recording everything and i still use that vault from back then like there's new stuff obviously and i still go back to some of the new stuff but yeah it's just i i don't i try not to be precious about it like if it's not working i then do something else yeah. you know and then there's always another riff another song another something to try i think i mean and i think maybe it works for some people to just sit there and like dig on, dig on one riff until you get this yeah. amazing perfect thing but it just doesn't work for us like i no I just, re- like, real artists moving. Yeah. real artists see through that you know we all do we see through that like oh yeah we've heard that riff before yeah you guys no not at all there's nothing I, I want to play <laughs> to the end as a going out. Song. Okay, nice. I don't know if that's that's fair. an old school one. Uh, did you have a pick there, Sean? I love that song. I know, right? I know like you the do. Eight minute, the, um, it's like eight minutes long or something. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> but I, I I'd be doing my uh, listeners an injustice if I don't ask you. I know we talked Deftones, Chano Moreno. Did you guys actually like talk and interact with the bands? Anything you could share? Yeah, we about hung out the a good. Deftones? He he in particular was. <clears throat> He's a gentleman. Around, He's yeah. a gentle, gentleman and a scholar. He was in our room. Like, he would come in to our dressing room before the shows and hang out. And, like, I think it was maybe the first or second night, he brought a bottle of champagne and was like, all right, let's hang out. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was, he made it just so much fun and, and made us feel really welcome. And, and it made it feel like he genuinely wanted us there. You know, he would ask us about the band and, like, the music and riffs and, like, how we tune or what pedal are you using on that one part? He sang a song with us he on stage. Asked you what pedal you were using. Oh, yeah, that's, that's like wild, you know, he would ride his bike when we were sound checking. He'd be riding his bike around the like <laughs> amphitheater, like whatever the floor of the place all the time. Oh, and he would like pop his head over and be like, "Is that the memory man?" Or I have, you know, like he's a fan. He's just, I mean, he's yeah. he's, he's a, a good fan. he's a good human being. It's yeah. and all of them are. Yeah. Abe is fucking hilarious. Yes. He's like one of my favorite people in the world. We still talk to Abe. Frank is awesome. Like Sergio, all those, they're just, all Sergio brought us cupcakes the first day we were there, like a box of cupcakes. He was vegan. like, "Hey, vegan cupcakes, yeah, vegan cupcakes. <laughs> welcome, so to, welcome to the tour." And we were just like, "Holy shit, what is happening?" Again, black olives, onions on their pizza, <laughs> no cheese. All right, and mushrooms only if they're not canned, only if they're fresh. You got lucky. I didn't get. I did not order mushrooms on the pizza tonight. I do not. You hate them. That's I'm why I didn't get them. Oh wow! You had something just now. Yeah. And I, Teach their I'll own. I'll eat them, but yeah. all right. Put the mushrooms aside. You had one more, I think. <laughs> well, I I just had a statement really, and it was just that pain in my You know, ass. there's such a beauty in the type of music that you guys make, and uh, yes. I'm just so happy that I found you guys as a band. Thank you. And that we were able to bring you guys to our listeners, and um, that this has been amazing. I huge. That's really so awesome. It. it means everything huge. to us. So thank huge you. Huge moment for us. And to come back from COVID yeah. with a yeah. live Yeah, We're here together we're in here. person. Yeah. Yeah. We're all together, folks. Uh, thank God. Uh, well, hey, whoever. Uh, again, plug away. <laughs> uh, tell them where to go. <laughs> um, we always tell yeah, them where to go. Uh, you know, our socials, I think, is Spotlights Music at, for Instagram. Mm-hmm. I don't know what our Facebook is, but I mean, it'll come up. And then spotlights.bandcamp.com is our where you can buy stuff, download stuff. Ipecac.com. Ipecac, folks. That's the easiest one because it's literally ipecac.com. Mike Patton's label, man. Mike Patton's label. That'll take Uh, you everywhere. Wait, I'm sorry if I missed it. Twitter? No, I I don't like Uh, Twitter. I think we have a Twitter, but I don't know what it is. I don't like it. Spotlights band. Spotlights band, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, Twitter at Fairly Dark. What about you? You got nothing, right? 
Well, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, but that, <laughs> that doesn't matter. You know where to find Captain Sexy. Um, all right, At so Captain Sexy. Captain Sexy, yeah, going down in history. He hates that. Um, all right, so all our stuff, all our shows, www.fairlydarkproductions.com. You get all the Kettle Whistle Radio episodes there, before, during, and after. And you can buy some horror books if you're interested. If you like comic books, burningbowlpublishing.com. Look up Demon... I'm sorry. Um, wow, Dr. Peeler, Demon Psychologist... I said psychologist, Sean. Ooh. I forgot my own title. Yeah. Dr. Peeler, Demon Psychiatrist, issue number one and two are both out right now. Thanks for supporting us and uh, the spotlights. Thank you. Thank you to all the listeners. Ooh, Christ, sorry. Christ Thank you guys for listening and gals. Yeah. Oh, Ghouls. A lot, a lot of girl listeners. Trust me. Thank you, humans, <laughs> for listening. Thank you, humans. <laughs> I like that. All right. Thank you, folks.
Society 13, Redefining Podcasting. 
Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric Acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast. Electricast.